Hello there. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. Brooke Dupuis is on the show today, and we have a great conversation about her education experience and how important it is to find the right path for you and take pride in your journey. Welcome to Beaming. My cousin Brooke Dupuis in the Zoom room studio today. Woo-hoo. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited for this episode. We have a lot in store for you. We're talking all about her education and where she is right now as a teacher. It's going to be an exciting time, but thank you for being here, Brooke. One of my cousins that makes me laugh so hard. Okay. <laughs> this is what I like to hear. Sky, thank you so much for having me. Not going to lie, when you texted me, hey, you want to be on my podcast? I blushed a little bit. So (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Of course. No, I'm so excited to dive into your story. And obviously, we've grown up together. So we know a lot about each other. But Mm -hmm. the ins and outs of your education and all the things that you're doing now, it's always exciting to get updates about those. And I think people will really enjoy hearing how you're moving through the world. So do we want to start off with a little introduction? Just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, what you're up to. What am I up to in the world of COVID? (laughs) So I'm working in a preschool classroom. Our classroom is filled with 14 three and four-year-olds. So generally it's 18, but we're down four just to kind of help with the whole COVID situation. So we have 14 little bodies running around us all day. I have a co-teacher. Her name is uh, Miss Rachel. And her and I hold it down from eight to two, okay? It is a lot of fun. But outside of that, what else do I like to do? I like to be outside. I like to pretend to have an exercise plan, still trying to get that back together. Sky, you helped me out with my yoga during the quarantine. We need to get back on that because the girl is slacking. Yeah, you know, being outside, getting a good bite to eat. But really with the quarantine, I feel like I need to step my hobby game back up because I've kind of plateaued with work and school and oh, school. Yeah. Oh, that's what we're here to talk about. (laughs) I'm back in school. So that kind of takes up some time as well. Great. I mean, yeah, I it's it's a hard, it's a hard question to ask and to answer during this time because what aren't we doing that everyone else isn't also trying to do and get through the day? Right. So where are you located and have you been there for a long time or what's that like? How long have I been here? I'm in northeastern Pennsylvania. So the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, okay. aka the office. I knew you were going to say. Okay. It is the most common question. But yes, I am here to support Michael Scott and the crew. Okay. And I've been here, uh, I, I want to say eight-ish years longer sort of than what I thought. But yeah, I've kind of made my own little life here. My family is uh, scattered in... A little bit south of me is my dad and stepmom, and then my mom and brother are in Maryland. So I'm kind of up here on my own, but I'm with my boyfriend's family and kind of have created a little nook of friends and, of course, work and family nonetheless. So yeah, I've been here for more years than I think. Every time I do the math, I'm just like, whoa, can't believe I've been at my parents' house for this long. What am I doing? (laughs) 
That is honestly, it is hard to believe sometimes, but also I can believe it. I mean, you've been through different jobs and different schooling. And so mm-hmm. you've, you've really made a life there, which is exciting. And with Bobby, who we love as well. Bobby. Yes, we love him. <laughs> Well, I guess a good place to start would be kind of like where you grew up. And did you wait? You grew up in Maryland. Wait. I grew up in Maryland, Virginia for a year, and then Pennsylvania from eighth grade on. So it's a little bit scattered. My parents were separated. Okay. So, you know, figuring out the whole drama of that took a couple of years. But I like to say I'm from Maryland. And I now live in Pennsylvania. Um, We grew up in Silver Springs, Maryland. I have fond memories of that. You know, I remember my childhood home and my childhood phone number. (laughs) But um, it's kind of a weird in-between of like eighth grade. What? How old are you? What are you, 15-ish? I don't know, some bratty age. I feel like less, like 13, 14. Oh, wow. Well, bratty nonetheless. I was bratty in that stage. (laughs) So in eighth grade... I moved to Pennsylvania and I was just like, I can't believe we're moving like Pennsylvania. This is going to be such a little country town, which it was. So now being in the Wilkes-Barre Scranton area, it's not a city by any means, but it's more so a bigger area than where my dad and mom moved after we left Maryland. So I kind of appreciate it in that sense, because I think where I grew up from eighth grade into high school was just a little bit too small for my liking, but it was a nice place to grow up. You know, I had a little group of friends in high school and I kind of just stuck in that little circle. And I think I've done that despite being in a bigger area now, I still have a small group of friends. So it's always nice to have, you know, a group that you can call your own and you had one that you grew up with for a few years and now you have a new one now. A new set. Yeah, exactly. So after you graduated high school, where did you end up? So I probably applied to maybe three schools. I think I got into two out of the three, but I was dead set on Lycoming College in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, which is a short 45 minutes from where my parents lived. I guess I know what attracted me to the school. It was a smaller school. It was really pretty. It was like old buildings and lots of greenery and there was a quad. So it just seemed very kind of, it had a lot of character and I remember enjoying that, but there was something about Lycoming where I was just like, this is where I have to go, no matter the price tag. Like, you know, I didn't, I didn't care about money at the time and nor had the understanding of what sacrifices my parents had to go through to get me there. So I went in undecided and I was there for a year. And like I said, like I did in Maryland and then again in Pennsylvania, I made a little group of friends, but I didn't give myself the opportunity to explore more of the campus. And I wish I had. And part of me sort of blames the relationship I was in at the time. I had a new boyfriend out of high school into my freshman year, and he went to school at a different um, location, actually in Northeastern Pennsylvania. My whole life story will collide in a couple of minutes because you'll you'll see the domino effect. So I kind of was spending a lot of time here visiting him and I didn't really give myself a chance to just embrace the college life. And I also remember one of my first couple of weekends, my roommate who shall not be named got incredibly drunk. Like I'm talking had to be taken out on a stretcher, alcohol poisoning. Yeah. So I think that sort of shaped my whole relationship with alcohol, partying, drinking, college. Honestly, I think I had a little bit of trauma from seeing her uh, leave in a stretcher as, you know, is somewhat normal. 
I don't think I really gave myself the chance to enjoy Lycoming. And I still have about probably I'd say one really close relationship with a friend I made there. But after my first year, I talked to my mom about it. And I was in La La Land because I was dating a boy who went to school up here in the Wilkes-Barre area. And also I was undecided. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't narrow down what I wanted to do, which was an incredible amount of pressure. And it was expensive. So I was like, it's expensive. I don't know what I want to do. And I have this boyfriend who's an hour away from here. So with all of that, I had a conversation with my mom and I pretty much decided, okay, I'm going to move in with said ex-boyfriend and I'm going to just going to go to the community college and see if I can, you know, narrow it down, figure it out and kind of just do my adult life right now. Looking back on that, obviously I am appreciative. I made that move because I'm comfortable and happy and grateful for where I am now. But at the time it was just, I, I wish I would have stuck it out at like homing. I have a weird split where I wish I stayed at the private liberal arts school, my dream school. And then I also have a split of if you had stayed there, where would you be now? You know, it's those those weird life questions. So after my first freshman year, I left Lycoming, went to our local community college here, did two years there, got my associate's degree in human services, which I still hold that degree and the classes and all of the internships I had there close to my heart. But there was something about social work that just kind of, it's almost very sad and crippling and almost depressing. And I still felt bright eyed and bushy tailed and was like, I, I want to be positive. I need something a little bit more upbeat in my life. So here I am again, after having an associate's degree in human services, I'm kind of itching for something more. Yeah. And at the end of that year, I had an internship at a children's service center. And I was in a classroom for, uh, I'd say about three hours a day. And I started to remember like, wow, I really have always enjoyed being around kids, one. And two, just that classroom environment. I remember playing like teacher with my little brother, which I hope he forgives me one day for how much I tormented him because he was my only student. And then of course, probably 13 stuffed animals, but of course, only your brother can give you the bad grades. So my brother would fail and he would get in trouble. And it was this whole thing. So my dad laughs and tells me that story. And I'm like, oh yeah, I've always kind of had this inkling for the teacher-student dynamic. And I found that in my last internship. So I graduated, I sort of started applying to jobs and I actually applied to my current job six years ago. And although I had credits in child development, I came to the interview, you know, dressed in your blazer, your first interview outside of college, thinking I was cute and trying to prep for my interview like I did today. And I interviewed on a whim almost and got the job. And I had, a, I think I knew that I was comfortable in, in holding down that position. But for the longest time, I was like, I'll just be the assistant teacher. I'll just be the assistant teacher. And I think the director saw something a little bit more in me. And I've been able to be promoted from that initial position. So long story short, I've gone through the private liberal arts education and then an associate's degree at a community college. And then now most recently, I'm back in school after six years of being out of school. Although my family, my boyfriend, friends were like, go back to school. Come on, go back to school. And I finally have done it. <laughs> and it feels good to be back, but I still have those nerves that I once had, but kind of made it full circle, tried all different types of education. We'll go through more of your story, but what jumps out at me from your initial school experience was the pressure to declare a major or to know what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such a scary thing. And I I can't speak personally to it because I'm one of those extremely lucky ones that knew probably from the moment I 
was born that I mm. was <laughs> meant to be on stage and be a performer. Right. But a lot of people don't. And I worked in an orientation office. So I saw just how many students came into orientation and were undeclared or undecided or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's more than I think people notice. Mm -hmm. But when you're in the moment of having to make this huge life decision, that can be terrifying. Yeah. How long did it take you when you entered your community college experience as well to realize to choose the next step in your major? I would say it it was probably within my second year. I know I I still had a couple of electives to um, finish up from like homing. Mm -hmm. So I would say maybe my second semester, I think I gravitated towards one of my professors there and was just sort of like, what do you do? And kind of went down that rabbit hole. And, you know, I think whether it's teaching or human services, I know for better or for worse, I am a compassionate person. And I think you need that in both aspects of both careers. But there was something about social work where it just, it was just still a little bit too sad for me at the time. I think I could go back into social work at some point in my life or career if that happens. But there was something about being in that internship in the classroom. And I was just like, oh yeah, I've always loved this feeling. That's amazing that you followed that feeling and that you put yourself in situations to kind of find it again and be open to something you didn't consider maybe before. Right. I think the next part of it, which is just being open to a new experience or going back to school Mm -hmm. after six years, that's a long time. And Mm -hmm. you told me that it took you a little time to decide, right? Like you thought a few times that you would go back and then what changed this year? Yeah, absolutely. So there's been this program at my job for as long as I can remember, I guess probably the past six years. And it's encouraging staff to work full-time, but go back to school part-time because there's a lag in early educators and that's what we are at our preschool center. And for some reason, I just was always intimidated by that. I mean, I got good grades, but they were grades I would have to work for. And kudos to my boyfriend. I watched him graduate twice. I watched my brother graduate once. And I just felt I always, the people I was comparing myself to, which I guess is your answer right there. I just was always living a life of comparison. You know, Bobby was studying while watching TV and eating and still getting A's. I'm like, there's no way I can do that. I can't go back to school. I have to like lock myself in a a dark room and like listen to classical music and try to get in the zone. So I think I was living a life of comparison a lot of the time. And finally, I had a couple of coworkers that they would constantly compliment me and just say, hey, Brooke, like you're doing such a great job in the classroom. I wish you would make that next step and push yourself towards going back to school. Like we could really use you long-term to the point where it was almost like, elbowing me like, Brooke, when are you going back to school? Come on, we're all signing up for school now. Like, let's do this. So I would like to say it was all me, but it was definitely the crew, my coworkers I had behind me that were like, come on, Brooke, let's do that. And I feel like I should acknowledge my parents. They both said, Brooke, you should go back to school. You should, but eventually I like, I'm not comfortable. Like my self-esteem so low with school. Mm-hmm. So I had encouragement for my parents. I had encouragement for my coworkers. And then I was kind of just like, Brooke, what are you doing? You're 27. I almost felt like I was in a plateau. I was, I had a great relationship with my friends, with my family. I was getting outdoors and, you know, trying to find that exercise path. But I was just sort of, there wasn't a lot of structure to my life. And I kind of 
was craving that feeling again. And like I said, a lot of my coworkers were going back to school. So I kind of felt like I had a little group with me to do this. So it sort of felt like I was back on like the freshman floor at like homing and like, you know, we would sign up for this scholarship program together. I would say a mix of just that feeling of not having structure in that plateau, but then also like knowing deep inside, I want to be able to confidently say, hey, I have my degree in this. This is the information I know. Here it is, you know? Yeah. And that would feel good for me because I've, I've had years, like you said, I've had years of experience in a classroom, but it's one thing to know why someone is tantruming because you know what's going on in their brain as opposed to, oh, you know, they didn't have breakfast this morning or there's been a change at home. So there's stuff that my experience has given me an inkling to, but now I wanted to be able to back it up with, you know, something behind it, some oomph, you know, like here's my degree. I can help your child blank. You know, I can help them do this because I know this as opposed to experience. Experience is incredible. And I'm really happy I was able to be in the assistant role behind some great co-teachers, but I also want to be able to hold my own in a parent teacher conference. Agreed. I listened to a podcast. Well, you listened to Girls Gotta Eat. Yeah, you showed me that podcast. Oh, and they, I feel like they've started to, when they introduce their guests, they say like, what gives you the right? Yes. Yes. yes and yes. I feel like that's almost like this gives you the right yeah. to be calm. I mean, you, I'm glad that you're confident with your experience in the schooling you've already had, mm-hmm. but now you just get to explore and push further. And then one day, if there is a job that maybe you wouldn't have gotten a few years ago or before you went back to school, mm-hmm. now you can confidently step forward and say, I know I'm ready. I have this degree, but I also have like six plus years of education is, is really impressive. I think it all goes back to the fact that everyone's journey is different. And you mentioned comparing yourself to other people's journeys and and where you were in life and where they were. And I feel like that is just like the worst thing. That's like a bumper sticker. Yeah. That's like comparison is a thief of joy. Yeah. And you know, it's not fair for me to compare my boyfriend and how he studies versus how I study because we're two different people, oh right? God. Yeah. And I think I am able to be a lot of people's cheerleader and a lot of people in my circle. I'm just really proud of them. And even you, like, this is so cool. And you're my little cousin and it doesn't, the age portion doesn't really matter. It's more so just what you're doing with your life. That's cool that you have created this podcast nonetheless, as opposed to, wow, my little cousin created a podcast and I'm going back to school. What have I done? (laughs) Yeah. What am I doing? Like I've just changed the way I am allowing myself to think almost. And people still will ask me, and I was sort of prepping myself for that Thanksgiving meal sit down when everyone would say something like, so Brooke, when are you going to be done with school? And I've sort of been deflecting that question. I just kind of hit them back with like, I'm not thinking about that. I'm taking it day by day. I have to go back part-time. That's how I'm able for the scholarship to pay for me to go back to school. It's them encouraging you to still work mm-hmm. full-time, but to go back in a slower pace. So I'm not even thinking, oh my gosh, you won't be done until 2025. How old will you be by then? I've just not even allowed my brain to go that way because otherwise that's where I'll go and then I'll back out of the whole thing. 
So it's kind of a nice little safety net I've created for my my brain. <laughs> I'm so glad that you feel that way and that, you know, we spend so much of our lives looking at the next step and the future. And I know as a performer, I mean, I started an apprenticeship program that paid absolutely nothing after having a full-time job at a regional theater. And at first that felt like a step back Mm. because all of a sudden I wasn't making any money. I, you know, was working in a scene shop again. Like I felt like I did in college, but halfway through, I was like, wait a minute, this is not anything about how old I am or that, you know, there are people in my program much younger than I am or older. Like we're all here because this is the next step in our lives, in our careers. And it's not a race. It's not a game. It's your life. And I feel so many people fall into exactly what both of us did with the fear and the comparison. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at the end of the day, that's what this podcast is about. It's literally (laughs) to show you that each person's journey is so unique and individualized and timeline mm-hmm. is different. Yeah. Uh, location, step, position, title is, they're all different. Mm-hmm. And th- those aren't the important things. The important things are the, the way we treat people and the way we bring our journeys with us. Right. And just a, a happiness in life. Like, yeah. I don't want to say I was feeling sad, but I was just sort of like just going through the motions and I want to have some sense of growth in life. I want there to be a conversation at Thanksgiving, like, Hey Brooke, what are you doing? And I want to be able to say, Oh, I'm doing this. You know, like, I think I've always kind of let that go in my head and it feels good to have something to say as I mean, I've always had something to say. Okay. I've always had something to say, but you know, something that just like, boom, this is what I'm doing. And I'm proud that I'm doing it. I'm happy that I'm doing it. And I'm doing it at my own pace. That just, yeah, like you said, that just feels good. Yeah. I know we were just talking about some of the rest of our family and how COVID has impacted some of, of their journeys. And I just, I think that we'll look back on this time and the decisions we're making and the chances we're taking, the moves, the leaps, we'll all be just a part of... Mm-hmm. our journey and where we end up, which who knows. Right. <laughs> and with this degree, is there, you know, and again, I'm not saying you have to tell me your five-year plan or anything, but like, do you have dreams in general? Like, you know, one day I would love to do this or that. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said before, I'm focusing on the present but I do, I can see in my future, my having my own classroom as opposed to um, being a co-teacher. So right now I'm in an assistant role still. It's in a different type of classroom. So that was the promotion I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I'd like to make my own lesson plans or lead the circle time every day or, you know, just kind of like be the person that is solely focused on shaping these little minds. And I love working in a partnership and, you know, it'd feel cool to have someone else be an apprentice and, you know, just kind of have that opposing view. And I've been in this um, assistant role for so long that I think it would be fun to kind of guide somebody else along that path. But for the most part in my future, I can just see myself having my own classroom and, you know, all of that. So that's the end goal. I definitely just want to take my time doing it and 
focus on my biology class right now because that's been a lot of fun going back in time, back into high school, taking biology. <laughs> wow, biology. I feel Good like that time. was like yep. an interesting class. Chemistry was not. <laughs> yeah, chemistry is just, ooh, yes, very intimidating. Bio has been fun because it there's so much to biology. It's not, I feel like it's not as zoomed in as maybe chemistry. I don't know if, if all the science people out there are like- Shaking their hands. <laughs> what are you talking about, lady? You don't know anything. You're in bio 101. Bio 105. <laughs> no, you're right. Bio has had some interesting aspects. Oh my God. That's so cool. So how are you getting back into your routine? Like what have you found works for you? And like, I feel like the whole idea, (laughs) I mean, no, that's, that's valid. I feel like just the idea of what you're doing right now with school and work, although it's part-time, like you also have your life. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I got a life girl. No. So I definitely do have to do schoolwork in pretty close (laughs) to a very quiet area. I can't, I get too distracted. I have to like put my phone far away, um, turn off my Fitbit notifications. I really have to zone in. And um, I'd like to say that I've gotten over my procrastinator phase, but your girl is still chugging along on Sunday nights, keep it about the trying to fill it all in. I don't, I think that's just in me. I can't like shake it. I just can't do the work in advance. I can't. It's so frustrating. You were also saying the other day that like your classes kind of are pushing up against each other when it comes to. Yes, that's right. So I feel like there's this joke that's being played on me where week one will be easygoing. Week two, both classes, wham, they give me everything. Week three, they're chill. Week four, boom. I'm like, this is this is a joke. So um, yeah, that has been something to battle. But really, honestly, I, which I think this is the opposite advice that people give you. I do my easier tasks first. And then I really kind of just go over in my brain, how am I going to complete my hard task? And I sort of bang that out closer to the end of the week. I'm pretty sure experts would say the opposite, but that's just the way I do it. And so far, (laughs) I've been doing really well. I have to give myself kudos. I have A's in both of my classes. So No, I'm doing something right. Okay. Congrats. No, yeah, I'm being a little bit. (laughs) I fully can't imagine going back to school. Both of my roommates are in school. I I tell them like on the daily, like, I'm proud of you. Could not do it, but proud. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. My brain wouldn't. would last. (laughs) Wouldn't and couldn't. No, it could. (laughs) You might, maybe you'll get that urge again. Yeah, we'll update you on that. The eyebrow (laughs) is being raised, people. (laughs) True. Sometimes I forget they can't see my facial reaction. (laughs) No, I would not have a teacher on the show without asking her to share some of her cute kid stories. Oh, I would love to. Do you have any that come to mind? Well, let me just say, every day is cute. Because, okay. hmm, let me think of some stories. Or funny. It doesn't have to be cute. It could also be insane. Yes. Funny, cute. Okay, yeah. now, now we're working with something. So the best part is that the majority of our little preschoolers, like I said, they're three and four. So, oh my gosh, they're cute. They yeah. still have chubby cheeks, oh. but they're getting taller. The personality is getting bigger. Okay, so everything 
that you do in your day-to-day life could be something as simple as tying your shoe or doing a hula hoop trick, mm-hmm. you know, just something simple. They're like, what? Miss Brooke, you know how to use a hula hoop? I'm just like, yeah. And they're like, really? Can you do it again? I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so I do the hula hoop and they're just like, what? how can you do that, Miss Brooke? And I'm just like, yeah, I know. It's like kind of a big deal. And it's just so funny because you just kind of get like, oh yeah, they're three and four. Like, duh, they've only seen a hula hoop maybe a handful of times and they've never seen a hula hoop the way Miss Brooke can do a hula hoop. Exactly. So it's just so fun to be around them because their energy just skyrockets for better or for worse. And they're just like, Miss Brooke can do a hula hoop trick. Yeah. The crowd goes wild. And they idolize you. So seeing you do anything is like. It's just like, wow, Miss Brooke. Or, or when they, they recognize something new. You're just like, wow, Miss Brooke, I didn't know you had that that pair of shoes. I'm just like, yeah, I do. And they're like, well, so how long have you had them? I'm like, oh, I don't know, a month or so. They're new. You noticed them. Thanks for observing. Or I changed the lid on my um, water bottle from whatever. It doesn't matter. No. But I changed the lid. And a little girl today at lunch was like, um, uh, Miss Brooke, you, you have a new lid for your water bottle? I'm like, yeah, I do. I actually have three of them. She's like, you have three? different lids. I'm like, I do. So what can I say? (laughs) But let me tell you a cute story. Okay. So in our center, we have different classrooms. So we have a nursery, we have a younger toddler, an older toddler, preschool classrooms, school age, which school age kids just that's scary. I could never go into the high school realm or the middle school or even, you know, that's just like, Oh, they're too big. Okay. Anyway, so I'm setting up for our classroom in the morning and I have to walk through the toddler room to get to the kitchen. And the toddler room was where I used to be prior to my promotion and working in um, the preschool classroom. So some of the kids I recognize, and of course we're both wearing masks. So it's a little bit hard for me to communicate with them, but if I get close enough and squeeze them long enough, I can hear them, whatever. So I'm walking past and I'm like, Hey, Miles, what are you doing over there? He's just like leaning up against a shelf, just kind of observing the classroom. And he's like, you know, just hanging out. I just had breakfast. I'm like, oh, your your hair looks good. You look handsome. Do you just get a fresh haircut? It's like, yeah. And I have a pomade in it. I'm like, excuse me, you have a pomade in your hair? He's like, yeah. I'm like, okay, a pomade? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, well, it also smells like lavender. I'm like, like lavender? <laughs> Can I have a sniff of your hair? And he's like, yeah. So I, you know, smells hair. And I'm like, wow, it really does smell like lavender. But to hear a little two-year-old say pomade <laughs> and lavender. lavender, I was just like, oh, okay, my week's made. Oh like that God. is the cutest thing I've ever heard. That just a casual, so yeah, I have pomade in my hair and it smells like lavender. I'm just like, okay, get over here now so I can squeeze you, which is also the best part of my day. Everybody, all the kids, they always want hugs. So I'm like, yeah, get over here. Group hug. Let's do it. Get on over. Yeah. I mean, that literally is the best part. You just want to be loved all oh the time. Gosh. And I'm like, here I am. I'm willing and able to just love and squeeze you. <laughs> That's so sweet. Oh my God. They freaking love you. They're so cute. I bet they're obsessed. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on Beaming today, Brooke. Did you have a good time? Was it as nerve-wracking as you thought it would be? 
No, honestly, this really did feel like a conversation. So I appreciate <laughs> you for that because before I was like, ooh, I was logged onto the Zoom like 13 minutes early, just like watching it spin, waiting for the the host to launch. I'm oh like, oh my God. God. No, that was so much fun. Thank you so much. And I feel like we just need to give you a couple more accolades because oh. <laughs> I'm so happy for you. I'm proud of you. This is so cool. Seriously, I love tuning in and just hearing your little voice and the little chime in the beginning of the podcast. It's just so cute. So congratulations. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you. Thank you, Brooke. It means a lot. I'm glad that you enjoy listening. You know, when you start a venture like this, you're kind of like, you know, who knows what's to come and who's going to enjoy. But I'm so glad that you're one of those people and that you took the time today to talk about your journey through education and where you are now and where you're going. I'm so proud of you for going back to school and also just adding so much more vibrance to your life. And I can't wait till we can be together again soon. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to Beaming this week. If you have a spare moment this week to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow or subscribe on any of your different services, we would so appreciate it. Stay warm out there and we'll see you next week.